Welcome back. It's the CXM Experience. And today we are continuing our journey on the digital customer first transformation system. Uh, just going to recap it quickly for a moment or two. And then we've got uh, two super exciting sort of additions to it. And this will actually, uh, after this next two episodes, uh, this will conclude our DCFTS series. Uh, we'll continue talking about transformation. Don't worry about that. <laughs> Lots of transformation ahead. And we'll talk a little bit about uh, how DCF, uh, DCFTS comes into action. Um, but this will be sort of the last of the formal review. So uh, just uh, hang on for two more episodes. So let me just drill into this for a second. So DCFTS uh, background is this is a system built by the Sprinkler team uh, based on the more than thousand installs we've done in some of the world's largest organizations. Uh, we observed what was happening there. And one of the key issues when you're trying to do digital transformation is how do I get everyone aligned? How do I keep my stakeholders engaged? How do I make sure everyone knows that we're making progress? And how do I keep momentum behind the project? And so what we found was that it was a really useful process to start by thinking about what value do I want to deliver with my digital transformation initiative. And we've kind of collected a lot of the values that people have said they've delivered and put that into sort of one document that you can go through. Uh, then the second thing would be, all oh, right, now I know what I want to try to get done. What are the capabilities that I need to make that happen? And so then we went through a pretty deep review of the capabilities model. I think we actually spent three episodes on that. And then the maturity model, um, which is where are we right now? Very important alignment device. Sometimes people think they're further along than they really are. Are we at the early stage? Are we at the later stage? You know, where do we want to be? Very important way of looking at. And then the ROI model. And so the ROI model is one of the or the most important ways of thinking about how to pay this thing out. You know, we're going to make these investments. We're going to make all this change. We know people don't like change. At the end of the day, this is the ROI that we're going to generate. Um, and then there's a uh, sort of three models that kind of do, kind of fall under the rubric of deciding what to do. Uh, there's a functional use case model, an operations model, and a reference architecture model. Uh, the functional use case model, I'm not going to get into today. I'm not gonna actually going to cover that one in detail because it is very specific to the capabilities that you've um, gone through. And so the capabilities presentation we went through covered a lot of the functional use cases. So think of the functional use cases as being like the actual alignment with the teams on the use cases that they want to bring to life. Uh, so it is very specific to each engagement and each organization, uh, and it's a, an important step to do. Um, then there's an operations model. I'll talk about that a little bit more today. And then uh, in our last um, sort of DCFTS show tomorrow, I'll talk about the reference architecture model. Now, one thing I'll also just sort of say, uh, I have had a number of people reach out and say, hey, you know, how do we access this or how do we do this? Obviously, the materials are available. We're posting it on the blog. I'm talking about it here. Um, we can send you, you know, PDFs and other sort of electronic versions of this if you like. But we actually do a lot of consulting. Um, I go in, um, um, one of my great partners in this is Carlos Dominguez. You may have heard him, heard him on one of our earlier podcasts. Carlos is our executive chairman, uh, but has been involved with Sprinkler for many, many years from its earliest days. Uh, and uh, many others in the company, plus some of our valued SI partners like Accenture and Deloitte, uh, will go in and do DCFTS workshops. Uh, we do them for free. We do half-day workshops, full-day, two-day you want me there for a week? We'll go for that too. Like, yeah, usually that's not necessary, but two days certainly is a great time frame if you can devote that. And at the end of that, you end up with a really good model for digital transformation. That's not just about sprinklers, it's about all the digital transformation that you want to do in order to be able to generate a customer first model 
uh, in your company. So let's dig into the operations model. So, you know, the operations model is really, uh, really important because you've got to come up with a, a system of engagement uh, to be able to understand, you know, how, uh, how you're going to drive the system, how it's going to work, and how all the different parts of the organization are going to work together. So um, this model is actually a pretty sophisticated model. Uh, it's very helpful to sit down together on this, and it bears a lot of examination. Uh, so basically, uh, there's a system of engagement. Well, it talks about conversation, community, collaboration, campaigns, and content. And what you want to be able to do through that is you want to, for those sort of five steps, you want to be able to govern, analyze, and automate all those different steps. And so data is flowing through this system and is flowing through essentially all the front office functions of your organization. And we've probably talked about this before, but the back office is, of course, all your accounting systems, your CRM systems, all the back end stuff that helps the company run. The front office is anything that is customer facing. Um, I still think the word front office is not well understood or even as broadly used. I think sometimes people misinterpret it to think of it as a front desk. But the front office is, is technically a term for everything that's customer facing. So that's you know marketing, customer care, advertising, anything in e-commerce, um, research and analytics, uh, all your product development, public relations, of course, uh, anything to do with sales your human resources, especially today with products like Blind and, and others, you know, you've got to be very tied into what your employees are feeling because they're going to express that uh, publicly. Um, Glassdoor, another great place where people talk about things publicly. You can't just think of your employees as a, a, a non-involved input. You have to engage them as well. Uh, legal, uh, which has a big impact as well, especially, again, these days, there's a lot of legal implications to everything that we do. And then finance, uh, which is actually... I think finance is a, a often under undervalued department in the company, but is a tremendous amount of customer contact with finance. Finance is issuing bills. Finance is issuing refunds. Finance is actually doing a lot of work. So you have to think about how is finance optimizing the customer experience as well and bring them in. And you'll find that your finance people are, first of all, always almost always crazy smart. Um, if they're not, then you're in really big trouble. So I find they're always crazy smart, um, super engaged, love to be engaged with the customer piece. And uh, um, always, um, because they're often left out, when you pull them into the loop, they tend to be very valuable partners, have a great perspective and be uh, very excited to be part of that. So uh, if you're not highly engaged with finance, try doing that. You'd be surprised what you can get out of it. Going back to sort of these five, so those are all the front office functions. And so basically, you know, how do you, have conversations uh, with customers. Uh, how do you create community with your customers? And then how do you collaborate as an organization across those, those conversations? And there could be, most likely will be uh, thousands. There will definitely be hundreds of thousands in a larger organization. And in many cases, there are millions of conversations. And so uh, how are you going to organize around it? L'Oreal has an objective now of having conversations with 100% of the people who talk about them. It's a bold fantastic initiative. They're going to upend, I think, the packaged goods world with this approach. You know, Mark Pritchard opened the door when he talked about mass one-to-one -one a few years ago at Cannes, but L'Oreal is actually doing it. It's very impressive to see what they're doing, but how are you going to collaborate across the organization to be able to have those conversations? And we start to see things evolving like conversational commerce. You, know, you now buy products through Facebook, uh, Messenger, or Instagram, 
how does it look? You know, if you, that person's had other conversations with you, that person's worked with other departments in the company. Uh, if you have a CXM profile on them and an agent is looking at that person, having a conversation with them, trying to buy a product, wouldn't it be great to know all the things that they've said about you and all the things they've said to you and all the departments in the company that have interacted with them? And that way you can see all the stuff that's happened. And so everyone who collaborates around a customer has a full view. So this is this 360 view of the customer that I keep talking about, because if you talk to a customer like it's the first time you've met them, it'll piss them off because they think of you as a representative of the brand. And it's not the first time they've interacted with the brand. And so the brand should know about them, not you. It's the brand should know about them, and you need to create the systems to do that. Um, we'll talk more about conversational commerce, actually, in the future. I think, actually, that could be one of the most exciting things happening right now online. Uh, sort of sits at the juncture of the death of physical brick-and-mortar retail stores and the sort of not great experience in most online stores. I think conversational commerce is a total game-changer, but we'll we'll hit that in a later show. And then, and then you've got sort of um, after sort of collaboration, you've got, you know, you've got to have a campaign, right? So your campaign is, how am I going to target my audiences and have audience intelligence in place? And then what content am I going to build in order to drive the campaign? And how do I measure, optimize, and continuously improve that content and keep it in a spot where I can kind of get to it? Uh, so, you know, we work with a lot of dams like Adobe Dam, et cetera. Uh, some people actually use Sprinkler as a dam, which, you know, it's, it's very interesting to see. Um, but we are the um, highest rated content marketing platform in the world right now. And in fact, in Forrester, uh, Forrester rates us as the only leader in content marketing platforms because of our ability to pull in listening and optimize content. And we're in the uh, top right um, leader quadrant for the magic quadrant at Gartner as well. That's sort of that system sort of from end to end. Uh, again, you know, it's sort of somewhat beneficial to sort of see it uh, in, in a visual form. But I think you, you get the idea that you're moving from, hey, I want to listen, I need to learn, and then I need to love the customer. So we talked about listen, learn, love before. To do that correctly, I've got to collaborate across the organization. Um, there needs to be a, a universal API connector. That's something that Sprinkler spent a decade building and optimizing. And then that connects to the existing technology ecosystem like your CRM system, your CMS, your ERP, your call center, all those systems need to be connected because uh, while actually there are many customers who use Sprinkler for those functions uh, and you can, in fact, we have some customers who are now are using Sprinkler for their end-to-end -end call center, including doing email through Sprinkler, doing voice through Sprinkler. Well, that does happen. Uh, our perspective is with the large organizations that we work with, typically they don't want to rip and replace a bunch of systems to bring Sprinkler in. So they'll add Sprinkler in and they are great at integrating into what they have. Uh, then, then what this model does, which, uh, which I, which I think is extremely powerful. And this is, this is where it's worth reading. Cause I'm not going to go through each one of these in detail, but there is a checklist, uh, under conversation management, community management, collaboration management, campaign management, and content management. So those sort of five steps and allows you to do things like, you know, identify and analyze relevant conversations. That would be under conversation management. Under community management, it would be take specific community-based comments and apply real-time insights to it, and et cetera, et cetera. And what this is is actually a checklist, and there are about a dozen items under each one of these buckets uh, that allow you to make sure that you're taking all the steps necessary to properly manage each of these steps 
uh, in the operations model. So, uh, and then I think one of the great things about the operations model is at the end of the operations model, it helps your organization understand the general complexity of being able to sort of work across uh, the customer base, be able to think about all the things that we need to do and manage all the systems we need to manage. We will classically spend most of our time in the workshop on this operations model uh, because this is what engages all the teams and brings everyone together. And uh, then we will spend a bit of time on the reference architecture. I'll do that in the next show. And then we'll be finished DCFTS for now. So uh, for the CXM experience, I'm Greg Kahn, CXO at Sprinkler, and I will see you next time.